3: Hi, I'm Lewis Carr, founder of the Blueprint Connect podcast and founder of the Blueprint Men's Summit. And we're live here in Chicago for the sixth annual Blueprint Men's Summit. And I have as my special guest, Dame Dash. Welcome, Dame. Thanks for having me. What's happening? Thank you so much. So our theme this year is being your best self. Mm-hmm. What it looks like, what it sounds like, and what it acts like. You have reinvented yourself over and over, and I'm assuming so you're continuing to look for your best self. Mm. Where are you at right now in that process? Um,
0: Well, to me, being my best self was trying to be the best parent and being able to really raise my child without having to fight, have a really healthy relationship with the mother of my child and see what that was like. And um, I have a child now, he's two years old, just about and I'm with the mom, Raquel. She's my partner. And being able to show my other children what life with me looks like when I don't have to visit them, and how much happier I am, you know, that's been being able to architect a life where I I I can actually raise my child every single day has been the biggest accomplishment for me. And, and I, I I couldn't even see having a child any other way moving forward, you know? So being able to take a year off to raise my kid and and give him the
3: luxuries and wake up and put him to bed, that's been the illest experience. In in a world where there's so many influences, what are some of the fundamental things you're trying to teach your children as they kind of start their journey and go through life?
0: The funny thing is my kids are the hardest to teach like numb to me but honestly it's just that the validation should not come from someone else the validation has to come from us and that we don't need anybody all we need to do is stick together so culturally i try to have and bring us together and it's been the hardest and the thing one thing i haven't been able to do as of yet but i'm still trying and family it's been hard for me to have us stick together it's so crazy how we're programmed to think that other people have to validate us. When it's us that gotta validate us. And that's been the number one lesson, is not to always believe what you're told. Because most of what we're told is meant to control us. Period. As a creator, in both. And to dream, they gotta dream. I teach them to the dream. And, and again, you tell ask kids you ask what their dream is, is easier than asking an adult. Most adults don't know what their
3: dreams are. As a creator, For those people out there who talk about the creative content has too much influence on young people today. How do you sort of go about trying to do your content in a way that doesn't have negative impact on children? Well, I try to teach within entertainment.
0: So what I find is if you tell someone you're teaching them, it's a trigger for them to shut down. But if you teach them while you're entertaining and you give them the visuals of exactly how life should look like, like what does it look like when we win, not when we struggle? What does it look like when we have, you know, lineage and we can pass, you know, our wealth to our children, like second, third generation? So, you know, I make those movies. And then if I'm making a movie about where I've come from, it's not to glorify it. It's to showcase the problems that come with it, like a pain in full. So my intention when I made Pain in Full was for people to watch that movie and to say, I don't want to sell drugs, but also entertain them. You know what I mean? And then leveraging my celebrity and using that for the people that are really helping us when people aren't looking, like principals and OSG and senators that are passing laws and lobbying for us. Because at the end of the day, that's the only way to make change is to make it a law, if you want a legal change. But again, conveniently, I've never seen, or I was never taught how to lobby or pass a law in school. Why would they teach us how to make a change
3: legally? Got it. So at the Hope Luncheon, we just had an interview and you talked about your next project was gonna be getting the black community to work together for change, impact, and influence. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. Well, again, I'm trying
0: to bring us together I have the commission um, and the um, and uh, the OSG. The OSG is 200 um, principals that are from economically challenged environments. And I teach the principals how to dream, how to be entrepreneurs, how to be the plug. I leverage my celebrities so when they're doing things that they can do and, and, and I can put the cameras on them when the cameras are on me, the commission is... Two therapists, Melanie and Taj, they give us the therapy for unrecognized trauma in our language. One for children, one for adults. We have Dr. Chris Purnell to teach us how to be healthy because health is wealth. And that's really all that really counts. You got money in the bank and you got wheezing and you can't do nothing, you're broke. Um, Senator Eddie Milton's running for May. He's out there right now. And he's passing laws and he's lobbying. And just in conversations, I see change. But the more change, the better. And he's also teaching us how to do certain things. And Dennis McKeezy, Dr. McKeezy, the head of the OSG, um, uh, uh, um, Do It All, the first uh, platinum selling artist to become an elected official in Jersey. You know, Bishop Purnell to teach us about about religion and the right wording for certain things. And um, Congressman Andre Carson, um, and again, passing laws, the, the big boys. And, you know, we come together and we deal with things, you know, and then also how to do things in Web3. I got my land on network and I built a a, a, a museum. So showcasing how, because Web3 is another way we can monetize. It gives creatives the freedom to make money without a middleman, yes. if they understand it, and also the tracking of the money, the way it it's the transparency; it makes life a lot easier. You could build things in Web three that cost a lot less, but sell them for a lot more. And also, it's pandemic proof. So, also, anything that I do moving forward has to be pandemic proof. I've been part of right now. My company has comic books out, children's books out, uh, Dusko goes to space, a children's television network, which is like TV uh, is like school on demand in, in intervals of seven minutes. You can go see it right now. We got dramas out, movies, uh, Prince of Detroit. We got comedies out um, of movies, um, Stones. We have all these different, we have a magazine, American New. All this is done right now and independently. And now it's just time to make a network, get distribution, get those ad sales. You know, the subscription doesn't work too good. We know that. You got to give it away for free. But if you don't have a sales
3: team, you ain't got nothing. We'll be right back with more of my interview after this quick break.
2: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8 and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com/strategic. That's oracle.com/strategic. oracle.com/strategic.
1: tika.com
3: you, you've mentioned two or three people running for political office mm-hmm. how do we get our communities to understand the importance of voting whether it's midterms or whether it's national elections or whether it's local elections how do we get them excited and charged about running to the polls cool people have to do it and lead
0: by example you have to make it cool It has to be uncool not to vote. It it, it, it has to be aspirational to vote. You know, again, the people that have celebrity to leverage it, leverage it and put the the light on the right people and the right things. So yeah, uh, the the senator threw a a fundraiser at the uh, Hard Rock Cafe Casino in um, Gary. Shit was lit, dancing around. Shit was flat. I don't, I don't know if I could curse him, sir. But at the end of the night, he was like, "Yeah, we had a great time." But will all these people vote? Will the people that come to the party, the people that are drinking the liquor and you know want to dance and want to be around the famous people, you got to vote. Will they vote? It's like you know, I have gallery, um, art galleries, and they are the best parties. But no one buys a thing, ever, that's at the party. So you have to make sure if you come to the party, your ticket is, you vote. And you vote for the person that you know are gonna do things. So if a person says they're gonna do things and don't have a plan for me, I don't wanna hear about it. If a person's just telling me the problems but don't tell me the solutions, I don't wanna hear about it. So also what we make sure is that any problem that we see, we have a solution for it immediately. So, you know, there was these issues of, again, in Gary, because I talked to him, he's my friend, like my brother. So he'll be telling me what's going on. They're like, you know, they're trying to pass a law that they won't be able to teach black history in Gary. And you know why? Because they say black kids don't re- appreciate education, and it might trigger the white kids because they're going to know. And it was, it was a, a thing that we had to really sit down. We had to really talk about it understand, but at the end of the day, unless we come with the curriculum, we can't complain because they're gonna be like, what's the curriculum? They're gonna be too scared. So the thing is, on the other side, they think our solutions means they can't exist no more. They gotta know what comes with our solutions doesn't mean y'all gotta be scared. It means y'all could actually breathe easy. You would rather us not be broke than be broke. But the problem is, when we're broke, instead of going to them, we fight each other. We fight our families. You ever notice when when, when these neighborhoods get regentrified? It be certain neighborhoods, black people. I don't care how I ain't go, I ain't moving out there. White people go anywhere because they know ain't nobody gonna touch them. Period. It's like no one gonna do nothing to them, so they're alright with us being broke. They should be wanting us not to be broke, just like we don't want them to be broke. Ain't nothing, you know what a broke white person is usually? A racist. <laughs> they just overcompensate. Be like, damn, if you wasn't broke, you wouldn't be blaming on us. You wouldn't be scared, you wouldn't be mad because somebody took your girl or whatever. But the only way for there not to be any problems is for everyone to breathe easy. And f- understand that, yo, we ain't gonna hold you accountable for what your grandparents did, unless you're still thinking like your grandparents. You feel what I'm saying? So- We gotta work together.
3: So Dame, we at Waymaker, we believe that every successful person in life has had a Waymaker, at least one. Who were some of the Waymakers in your life that helped you along the way?
0: Muhammad Ali.
3: I like Muhammad Ali a lot. He was very disruptive and nice with his hands.
0: And, you know, he, he was courageous at a time when people weren't. Martin Luther King, see a lot of people talk about racism, be mad at it. He was outside right there, he convinced black people to actually put their hands down and get water holes as a very strategic way to bring awareness. I was like, how do you convince people to do that? He was in the church when they was outside banging and the governor wasn't gonna let it, like, yo, I thought you was gonna hold me down. You know what I mean? Like, he was, that was gangster. I was like, damn, he was really, it's easy to talk about racism when you're not in a racist town, but to be up in there with racists and be up, you know, at that time, pretty gangster, you know? Um, Russell Simmons, I liked his lifestyle, you know, the yoga and just breathing easy, you know, back then. And understanding how to uh, take a brand and make it mean so many things so that when things, one thing's not working and the other is, it keeps everything hot. I
3: learned that from Russell. So, final question. Pretend to be 17 years old, looking at the world today. What would Damon Dash do? I don't know, man.
0: The world today has the internet. I didn't have that before. The world today Correct. has social media, you know, clothes. I don't know what kid I would be. I think about that every day. I'd be like, I wonder who I'd be at 17 right now. What would have influenced me? What I thought would have felt was, you know, the coolest? Because the new cool kid is different. It's like on one extreme side, you got to have a body to be cool, and that's not cool to me especially when the body is your brother's body. And another extreme is you have to be like tech savvy and you know you have to be good with the web three and the NFTs. That, that also determines how cool you are now as well. I don't know. <coughs> I don't know. You know, you gotta play video games. I don't know, you know, it's a different, the cool kid today is a completely different cool kid, but I'm not knocking it. Mm-hmm. You know, the circumstances were different. The apparatuses were different. The people were different. It was a different time. The drugs are different. So so when you were 17... When I, was, when I was 17, it was only crack and coke. These pills and all this other... None of that was... Uh, it wasn't no gangs. None of that was happening in New York. So I really don't know what would have influenced me. I really can't tell you. I, I don't know. Okay, that's fair. I would have probably stuck to whatever my family was telling me. But would I be like a, a skinny jeans with the ripped jean? And would I have dreads? <laughs> and, and,
3: and would they be dyed? I don't know what kid I'd be. I don't. Well, brother, we want to thank you for participating in the Blueprint Men's Summit in 2022. We hope that you've influenced a lot of the young people that were in the audience today, and we thank you for coming on the Blueprint Connect. Well,
0: thanks for doing this. Thanks for having us. It's always good to see a group of black men in the room not fighting, being calm, wanting to change and be better. And that's great. And that's the energy we want to stay on, to keep that energy. Thank you. My man.